Hey guys, it's David Burns and this is episode number 78 of the International Baseball Community Podcast. And today I have our director of scouting, Jimmy Jensen, on the podcast again. And today we're just going to chat back and forth about a variety of things, but for the most part, um, steps you can take and with our support in attracting as many offers as possible. Um, And then once you're overseas, you've signed, how to leverage that opportunity to work your way up into higher leagues, into bringing more offers in and making the most of that opportunity, basically. Uh, We go in a bunch of different directions with this episode. We talk about a lot of stuff. It's very informative. So without further ado, let's get on with this podcast episode number 78 with Jimmy Jensen. So why don't we just start with very beginning. Someone signs up for the website. From that point on, what steps should they take, along with our help, to best position themselves for receiving multiple offers? Yeah, well, yeah, I think no doubt the hardest part of starting your overseas career is getting that first offer, getting that first contract out of college. Uh, I mean, the best way to really put your best foot forward is to make sure that your profile is completely filled out as best as it can be. Make sure you have all your stats, uh, video, references, you want to have a good write-up just kind of briefly explaining your career, why you want to go overseas, what, what's driving you to play overseas rather than pursuing independent ball in the States. And overall, just putting everything together in your baseball career to like, put your best foot forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's all in the profile for sure. And it's because when you think about it, when in comparison to trying to get signed in the States, a lot of guys are, are going to these winter leagues or they're going to tryouts. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's a little different overseas because they can't see you play firsthand. So it's really does come down to the profile. And if, and if, if it's kind of like a first impression, you know, if you, if you, if a club visits your profile and uh, you didn't put a lot of time and effort into it, then you know they're going to move on pretty quickly. You know how how long the attention span is online these days. I think the same goes with flipping through profiles on the website as a, as a recruiter for a club. Uh, you're going to move on pretty quick when somebody doesn't even have a personal summary write up or something because they couldn't be bothered putting the write up in. So so that's where we come in is we whenever someone signs up, they fill out the profile form. We put it together the best we can with the information they've given and the information we can find online. But then we say to them, all right, here are some things that we think are missing or that will improve the profile. And we highly recommend that you um, fill this in or send it to us and we'll fill it in. Um, yeah. And a lot of guys do, do a pretty good explain, I like to explain the profile. Like, it's your resume. That's your selling point to teams. Yeah. Because, I mean, when there's 250 other players that they're looking through, I mean, what's going to make your profile stand out from the rest? You want to make sure that it's fully complete, has all the information that they need, so they don't have to dig around uh, and try to find something else. 
like find you through your college website or whatever because that's I mean we want to make a profile so that all the information is all in one place so that teams can make an educated decision on you before they sign you yeah and a lot of guys will think okay I got a video I got stats you know what more do you want from me and you know but when you think about it it's a little different overseas because a lot of these teams um, I mean the further down the level you go the less importance placed on where you played and, and the numbers you put up and a little more emphasis placed on, you know, the character of the guy and uh, what he brings to the table and uh, in other areas such as can he help out our youth program? Um, how motivated is he just to come in? And, like what's, what are his goals? Is he coming? Is he looking to just come overseas and make a difference or is he looking to get back into or get into pro ball or use this as a stepping stone of pro ball in the States? So there's, it really comes down to, you know, it all comes into the profile and, and how you present yourself. And uh, so it's, it's, that's where we come in a lot too is we, we can go back and forth with them and, and uh, talk to them about what their goals are and where they want to go. But um, I think whether it's the, a top level overseas, like a pro league in Europe or, or in Japan, for example, or the Australian Baseball League, they all want to know you're a good guy and you got you got the character to go with it. So if you have those testimonials of legit baseball references talking about not only your abilities as a player but also your character, uh, it goes a long way, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think it depends on the level of the league as well. I mean, the higher up you go, the less importance is placed on maybe... I mean, everyone wants a good guy, but they care more about getting a really good player. Yeah. Like, and Teams or second division teams, or maybe the B or C pool leads out in Europe. They want a good, a good player, but they want a good guy who's going to come out and help, just like you said, help coach, help develop their youth program because baseball is still fairly new out there. Yeah. So, so that really is a, a good focal point right now. I think for anyone that's listening, if you have professional experience uh, and this baseball reference resume already on the internet and stats to go with it and you came from a high uh, you know, college background, your approach might be a little different than, than somebody that you know, maybe didn't play as high a level of ball, didn't play pro baseball. Uh, I think it'll be a little more uh, coaching emphasis, a little more coaching emphasis on, on, the, on the player's profile of someone that maybe came from a, a smaller program and, uh, and also multiple positions. Right? How, how important is multiple positions? For example, if, if you have a guy that's going to look to play in the Netherlands, in the top league in the Netherlands, um, depending if you want to call it the Dutch Major League or the Honkball Hoofdeklasse, uh, the pro league in, in the Netherlands, what are they looking for and how important is it that they can play multiple positions as opposed to second division France? Right. You know? Yeah, well, I think in those higher division... Uh, leads in those higher competition leagues like the Dutch Group Classic and like the Italian Baseball League. I mean, they're looking for a spot to fill. If they have an opening and they're looking to fill it with a certain player, I think it's more position specific. Whereas in second division France, they may, they may want someone who can maybe move around. Maybe if there's an athletic third baseman, uh, but they have a whole lot of shortstop, they might ask him to play short, or maybe they'll ask him to play second, someone who's a little bit more versatile. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And the further you go down, the more I feel like like in the second divisions in Europe, for example, 
they'll take a guy that's, you know, sometimes never played shortstop his life. Maybe he was an outfielder through his whole college career, maybe played a little bit of shortstop or, or infield in high school or something. Next thing you know, he's their starting shortstop, you know? Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a little more random. I was to Austria. I yeah. was coming as a pitcher and I wasn't expecting to really play a position because yeah. I hadn't in college or anything. Yeah. But. There's certain leagues overseas where we can advise on this, where a lot of clubs will be looking for pitchers to then play position and hit. Uh, and, yeah. and sometimes they'll be looking for position players that can pitch a little or can throw to pitch. So, uh, you know, there, but then the further you go up, then you have guys. So these are all important things to include in the profile, I guess, is the point we're trying to get at is when you first sign up and you're filling out your profile, um, depending on who you are and your background, it might be a good thing to say, hey, I can pitch a little or I can catch a little. I used to catch because catcher is another popular position. So, um, so you know, of course, even if, if you haven't done it in a number of years, if you feel like you can do it given some time to work on it, uh, it's worth mentioning in, in the profile, along with the youth coaching or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all about getting your foot in the door first overseas. Um, yeah, once you get that first foot in the door, then it can open up so many opportunities after that. I mean, we have so many players that have started off in a lower division league. Maybe they didn't have the numbers that fit, like big numbers in college, and they didn't get an offer to play pro ball, but their only option was to play. Uh, for a second division team in Europe or a second division team in Australia, but they go over there and they do well. Then the next season they get up to a little bit higher league. I mean, we got guys like Alex Lee started off in third division Austria, worked his way up to first division Czech, which is extreme competitive. Yeah, extreme difference I mean, in level of play. Yeah. and and he did and he did really well there. I mean, yeah, he, uh, he did. Uh, so I mean, and it's a really good team too with Australia. Yeah. And when he was in third division, uh, Austria at that time, that team, I don't even know if they exist anymore, but uh, I know their dugouts were like big containers, like recycling containers tipped on their side and stuff like that. Like, uh, they was playing in the bush. And he's out there like pitching and doing everything, pitching, catching, doing everything, and just, you know, destroying, yeah, basically. It really just depends what, what you're looking for. I mean, yeah. for someone who's looking to go have a good time and play, like that's a great opportunity. If a team's going to pay for you to come out and you get to travel and just play ball for fun, I mean, you really kind of go back to your roots. And, yeah. yeah. And he, he he made the most out of it because he then showed up on my doorstep for Finkston Ball. It's like, hey, I'm looking to play. And yeah. he came to Finkston Ball and just met a bunch of people, crushed the ball. Um, and then we got him on the Prague Baseball Week, the International Stars team. He went there, won the batting title of the tournament, a uh, much higher level than he'd been playing all season. Uh, yeah, he won the batting title. So then that made a name for him in the Czech Republic, signed the next year in the Czech Republic. So just made a huge jump in, in a single season. Um, and sometimes it's not even like – because he, he, he played D1 ball. He's a good player. So why did he have to start in third division? It could have been anything. It could have been like, yeah. all right, maybe he maybe he signed up late, and all the yeah. best teams already had their players already. Yeah, because sometimes we'll, we'll get a guy like sign up right now, or it's June right now, and we still have a few teams like saying, "Oh, I'm looking for you know to fill a spot, or a guy was injured, or a guy went home, or whatever the case was, uh, yeah. or they want to make a playoff run." And we'll we'll have some guy that just graduated college from you know from a top program, a D1 program, and. And, you know, but you'll get a team that he normally wouldn't fit with as far as his background. 
but it's one of three opportunities left for the year. So we usually say, hey, this is what it's all about. It's going to be real low level for you, but it's a chance to get to Europe this summer, do some networking, make a name for yourself, maybe get picked up by the international stars, go to Prague Baseball League, um, and just have a good time and enjoy you know, just enjoy your summer. And so yeah. that's not for everybody, but a lot of guys will do that, and then they have a blast anyway. Like I think a good guy's a good example is Patrick Cromwell. Yeah. Uh, as far as having, uh, he played for Clemson, and he, you know he's yeah. just playing in the German Bundesliga, which is a decent league by European standards. It's one of the better leagues. Um, but he's but playing he was on, also in the North Division, which maybe isn't considered as strong as the South Division. Plus, he was playing for a team that had just moved up to the first league from the second league. Yeah, that's the big so thing. I don't like talking. I don't. I don't like against teams like the Bond Capitals, who yeah. went undefeated last year through the regular season. Yeah, and they're a first-year team up in the first Bundesliga. Yeah. That's going to be tough. And I, I think they've only won two games to this uh, yeah. up till now, but. I've talked to Patrick, and he's loving his time there. He loves he loves the team. Yeah. It's a good group of young kids. He's going out and traveling. I think he just went, I don't know, he's been going all over the place. And he's really taking advantage of the summer, and he's yeah. loving it. And I, I love his approach to it. a level lower than what he probably should be playing at. Yeah, yeah. I, I love his approach to it, too. Like I remember when he was considering signing there, and I said, well, they're just moving up, so it's going to be a little, you know, they're probably going to get, get – bashed around a bit which they have I've seen some really ugly scores and uh, but he's his attitude about it is great so that's only going to and this this comes to the second part of kind of what I wanted to talk about today one was just all right how do you present yourselves and get those offers and then boom once your foot's in the door how do you parlay that into better offers and so this is one of the things is you if you just take it for what it is right like you're playing on weekends there's a lot of downtime. You're playing with guys that pay to play, where hold down full time jobs, and you know, depending on where you go, maybe facilities aren't great, maybe maybe turnouts to practice aren't that great. You know, obviously, there's a lot of exceptions. There's a lot of clubs that really, you know, even within the German Bundesliga, where there's a club that's more like a pro team, and then a club that's more like a, you know, a men's right. league team, right? And he's on happens to be on that one that's more like a men's league team. But it's how you approach it and make the most of the opportunity um, that will lead to better ones. Um, you know, like Nick Maselli is a very good example. Nick Maselli um, signed with a very similar team uh, that the Bremen Dockers last year that just promoted to the German Bundesliga, so they were getting knocked around all, all summer last summer. And he stayed with them, um, and now he's with the Bonn Capitals, the top team. So, I mean, it's because he went, he just went and did the best he could and had a good attitude about it. And um, and now he's playing up there. So it's all about how you use that opportunity for sure. Yeah. And another one's Mike Gonzalez. Mike Gonzalez has been all over the place now. He's been all over. And when I first met him, it was 2016, I think was his first season. Yeah. And, And it was the Austrian Championships. And we were, right. pl- we were playing in the Austrian Championships, and he was in second division Austria, and he came yeah. to watch the game and introduced himself to me after the game. And, uh, you know, I... Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, NAIA with... Uh, yeah, Boss Yeah. And he had, he had a good college career there, um, but the, he, he used that as a foot in the door, got in second division Austria. 
Um, put up big numbers, and and he was one of these guys that just basically played everywhere. He already did in college, actually. Um, played all nine positions, I think, in his senior year. I, think, I remember reading on his profile. But he also jumped right in with the, the coaching and helping out with the youth coaching. And then, yeah, he's gone everywhere since then. He's And now he's playing in the Czech Extra League. Yeah. Uh, so, very soon. Yeah, there's some big leaguers there. I mean, you got Joyce. Uh, I mean, there, you got Jason Jarvis. Yeah. You got Wes Romer. Yeah. Mitch Mullen, the big leader. Yeah. There's some big names up in Czech this year. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it just continues to grow. It's awesome. Yeah. No, it's, it's so it's, it's so. Well, there are two examples, him and Alex Lee, that just worked their way up. And then you got guys like Lewis Cohen, or, or, you know, he's he was uh, – where did he play? I think he played at Cal State Northridge, yeah. which is a D1 school. Yeah, and, uh, you know, good background there. But he, yeah. I know he's – the knock on uh, from what he said is that, you know, they, they overlooked him a little bit because of his side or size or his velo. Right. And then he worked his way into, you know, started off overseas, I believe, in Germany, and then in the state league, uh, Cam- Canberra, and the state league in Australia. Yeah, and uh, got called up the cavalry and did really well in the yeah. ADL. Yeah, yeah, became an all star. They're not his first. I think that was his first pro experience yeah. over in Australia, and then that led since he did well there. Then that led to uh, him signing in the Atlantic League. Yeah. Or the American Association. It was one of those big four independent leagues, yeah. which is tough to get into. I think it was Atlantic League, and then he went, and then he ended up in the Frontier League, I believe. But yeah, that's right. But that's he's right. just another great example of how, you know, if you if you have a a good work ethic and you keep at it while you're overseas and have the character to go with it and are just a team guy and know what it's about, you're just there to 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 help this club not only win games but to help their local players develop and you just get involved and just be a team guy and a club guy. Good things will happen. Good things will happen for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Sounds corny, but I'm a firm believer that good things happen to good people. And if you're in it for yourself and being selfish, then I mean, it's not going to work out. Yeah. Well, that's a good, I'm glad you said that because one of the things I say to a lot of the guys is like, once you get your foot in the door, it's like it's kind of like a, if you if you approach it in the right way and you come in with the good attitude and you're not one of these guys that are like oh this is this isn't pro ball I'm not playing you know we're only playing on weekends or whatever if you yeah, come in and you really travel the world and play baseball like yeah exactly and you come in with that mindset like all right you know and and then and you make the most of it then it becomes like you can't get out almost because you get, you start getting so many offers and it's like, it's almost like once you've proven that you're one of those guys, those guys that can come over with the right, the right mindset uh, and isn't going to be getting pissed off at his teammates when they make errors and things like that. um, And and instead helps them and encourages them and works with them. uh, You're one of those guys that will just go forever. Like they'll just keep calling you back. Even if you don't perform as well, like even of course you have to perform to a certain amount, but if you if you're not putting up the biggest numbers and you're not winning the Baden title and all that, you're not even necessarily in the top ten in the league in in in, in hitting or pitching or whatever. Um, you're still going to get invited back if you're one of these team guys and club guys and you're you're a good yeah. model, basically yeah. an ambassador to the game, right? Yeah. So I got a question for you. Uh, when 
think teams are looking to sign guys? Because, I mean, like we talked a little bit about it earlier, uh, about guys who are just graduating from college now, uh, looking to play this summer. Uh, I mean, right now it's, what, June, in the middle of the summer, so European season started back in April. When's a good time to sign with the European club, and when's a good time to sign with the winner? I do think there's a slight difference on how the European clubs um, go about signing their players, like what time of the offseason they're in compared to the Australian clubs. It seems like the European clubs are a little more, um, they're on top of it a little more. Like they, they act a little earlier. So, you know, the seasons usually end the end of September or whatever for Europe. Um, sometimes they go into October. Usually there's about a month where they just, uh, you know, they don't do much. The season's over and, you know, their wives are sitting at home <laughs> upset because all seat for six months they've been, you know, gone all the time. So they kind of do the family thing for a month and then, boom, they're back at it looking for their next imports. And some guys, yeah. some guys are like, they get on it immediately. Like some, yeah. but, but I, I would say like a lot of clubs, I'd say in for Europe, I think – you know, at least half the clubs start before the new year. Yeah. Like they start in uh, mid, late October, early November, and they at least start and are talking to guys. And then maybe by mid January, they've signed their guy. Yeah, um, I would say majority of signings usually come around the new year, around January, February. Teams start to lock it down. Yeah, yeah, but, but we do get a lot of signings post. January 15th, like mid-January. We still get a lot yeah. of signings, and I, but a lot of those are like the lower teams, like the bottom teams in the German Bundesliga, and then the, the lower leagues, like the, the Austrian First Division, stuff like that, yeah. because I feel like at first, those teams are going for like the biggest names on the website, yeah. and then once those guys sign, then, then they kind of go down you know their yeah. list go down their list it's kind of like a, a draft like, it's like alright here are the guys we want and you start scratching them out as people are signing them as clubs yeah. are signing them and and then you eventually it's your turn <laughs> kind of thing you know like you've been so it's a little more frustrating for those teams especially if you're like second division somewhere you're waiting forever sometimes you know like and those are usually the teams that hire our scouting service because yeah. Because they've been at it and they just can't get a guy to commit because all everybody's holding out for a better league and a better team and you know and yeah. um, so. Well, I mean, from a team perspective, the team's perspective, it's hard to make sure that you're finding that right guy. It's a lot of work. I mean, you have to make sure that you're asking all the right questions. You want to interview the guys to make sure that they're the right people. And usually, teams they'll reach out to quite a, like a few guys that they're interested in to get a gauge on who's available, who's interested, and then it'll start to narrow down that list from there. Yeah, so it's a, it's a process. It takes time. And, yeah. but, but the top clubs, they'll, like, they'll go and see a guy, and they'll, like, they'll see a big name on there, with some, you know, and they'll just they'll yeah, get they'll out of there. and sign them on the spot, just like that. Yeah, it'll be done pretty quick. And then, yeah. you know, it's, it's these teams that don't have as much to offer. You know, whether it's compensation-wise or maybe it's like, all right, like a lot of guys obviously want to be on a top team in the league, not a bottom team. So, you know, facilities obviously play a role. Uh, all, all those things. Some teams are going to the European Cup, so that's cool too. Like, oh, if you, that's a good if, too. Yeah, if you get on a championship team from the year before, then, ooh, I get to go to Spain this summer and, and play, yep. you know. So, 
So that's also a big sell. So uh, to answer your question, um, a lot of the signings happen before, but a lot of the signings happen after. And then even now, like what's the date today, June 18th? Yep. We still have clubs looking for guys. And we're, you know, the season's been on for, for since April, the beginning of April. Yeah, for some months. So, so it's it really goes like it's, guys are signing in October all the way into June, well into yeah. June. So I found that yeah, Australia their signings usually come a little bit later, like right before the season starts. Yeah, because I mean, well, in Europe, the teams are maybe a little bit more professional because they usually pay their players up front. Yeah. Whereas Australian teams, they usually set their guys up with jobs. It's a little more. I mean, with the state leagues, it's their amateur leagues. Yeah. So, so they're less invested. They're less invested financially. Yeah. And exactly. So it's more like, but it's still competitive. They still take it very serious. But there's not as much like Europe tries to sell the sport as professional, kind of depending on the yeah. league, right? Like, like a, a great example, and the one I know the, the best is the Athletic Athletics in Austria where you know they're looking for news coverage they're charging a fee for people to come in they're doing a bunch of marketing uh they've got a, a mascot you know what i mean um yeah. they're ha- they're they're doing fundraisers all this stuff where i feel like in australia it's more and then of course they're reinvesting that in facilities in imports all that stuff where i feel more like in australia it's like they they live off of the membership fees a little bit of money yeah. they make in the canteen and and that's about it, really. You know, there's maybe a few sponsors for some of the clubs. You know, some of the clubs go and get some sponsors and whatnot. But it's so more like a men's league. The highest level there, I think. I mean, well, baseball in Australia, it's all based off the ABL, and ABL is the professional yeah. league. But it's so, I mean, it's so competitive there. It's hard to break in, yeah. which we've talked about many times before. But yeah. I mean, the state league teams, they're they're like sec- they're like the second division teams in Europe. Yeah. True, and, but they are very serious, and like they're, they're super competitive. They take it serious, but in, at the end of the day, it's, it's like glorified men's league baseball. Like it's like they, it's just no, not that it's a bad thing. No, but, no. I mean, realistically, that's just the way it is. Guys aren't yeah. getting paid; they, they're working jobs on the side, yeah, and they're trying to work their way into the ABL. Yeah, and it's the same in Europe too. But it's there's a little more element of how they approach. Like they try to be more professional. Uh, they try yep. to do live stream, um, and and I'm not I'm not saying they don't do that in Australia. There's there's live stream in some part, and there's more and more live stream in Australia and state leagues now. Um, yeah. And uh, you know some clubs do treat it a lot more perfect, like the MacArthur Orals or whatever. They they take it to a new level. Um, so it is. Well, there's, it is the, there's still a range within the state leagues too. Some teams act way more professionally than others. Some yeah. teams have a lot more to offer than others. It all yeah. just depends on the that specific team's budget and their resources and what they're able to offer. Yeah. Some teams are able to pay for some some teams are even able to pay a little bit of a stipend. Yeah. To some players. But that's rare. I mean there's only a couple teams I think throughout all of Australia that do that. Yeah. But I mean most teams are able to offer the basics, yeah. Flights, housing and the jobs. And, uh, and, and, and the car. And regardless, the fact that they are bringing guys in means they're you know they're serious about their baseball they want to improve they they want to win games they want their youth to learn from these guys these guys are all ambassadors of the game and they're bringing them in but i guess we're getting off topic a little bit the topic was your question was 
um, basically when do they start signing? And I would say like like you like we got us off on that little rant there. I would say like I, I get this question asked a lot recently, and and like how many signings have we got right now in Australia? Maybe like less than ten, and it's mid June, yes. and we're probably going to be somewhere around a hundred by the time it's done. So yeah. so it's like they 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 really do start piling in mid July through August. And then we even had guys signing like Ryan Rupp signed in the new year. You know, he signed in January. Right? So yeah. he was probably our latest signing last year, one of our latest ones. So um there will be a lot of clubs that'll come and, and come looking after the season started. Yeah, for sure. I mean you have guys go down, you have guys that maybe like get hurt. Guys that go home, yeah. and you need to replace them with guys mid-season. That happens every year, and that, that's why it's good to stay patient and keep keep that profile updated. Um, come to us for a profile bump. So if you haven't signed, yeah. just let us know. Hey, I still haven't heard anything, or something fell through. All right, fine. We, we, it's good for us to know, so we keep sending your name out, um, and then also so we can bump your profile, so so clubs and can see that you're still available. Um, yeah, you know, it's just so more players. What, what is what are the steps that they can do to make sure that they get that they're doing the best thing that they can to get seen? Yeah, uh, from your yeah. Well, aside from the profile, which we've already talked about, once that yeah. that's the number one thing. Get all that done first. Video. Just make sure that profile is up to date. Yeah. Usually, it's the video. There's a lot of guys kind of snuff on, and you, you got to get that video. If you if you say you can catch as a secondary position, then get. Get some video and show that you can do it. Otherwise, they're not going to believe you and they're not going to sign you. You like maybe your pit or sorry, maybe your third baseman, but you used to catch a bit, yeah. uh, and you say, "Oh, I can catch if needed," or "I want," or "I will catch." Then get a catching video together. So anyway, moving on from the profile, what else can they do? Um, stay in contact with us. Yeah. Uh, just periodically, just drop us a quick note and say, "Hey, haven't heard anything yet," or. Um, or if you have heard something, also stay in contact. Say, this club contacted me. What do you know about this club? Utilize us. That's probably the biggest resource right there. and We can really advise you well. Um, and then, of course, we can keep bumping your profile to the top. And just because you're on the second page doesn't mean clubs aren't going to see you or think you're available because we always put signed in the title if a guy's signed. So if we don't have signed in your title, that means you're probably available. <laughs> so um, clubs are going to probably contact you, but it's just like a Google search. If you're on the first page, uh, it's going to be a lot more, you're going to get, uh, it's going to be a lot more visible than the third page. Um, so if you're still, if you're still available, I'm going to single. If you're still available, just keep asking us to bump it. Not every day, please, but every couple of weeks. Um, and then uh, the other thing is you can be proactive as well. Uh, yeah. That's that's why we you have, necessarily have to because, I mean, yeah. we will be sending your info out to teams. But majority of the time, teams just look on the website by themselves without even reaching out to us and look through the list of players and reach out to guys that they're interested in. Yeah. But when they do come to us... They say looking for a pitcher, then we send them a list of the available pitchers that uh, might work out with them. Yeah. Like if they're looking for a pro guy, we'll send them a list of pro guys. If yeah. they're looking for a recent college guy, we'll send them a list of recent college guys. Yeah. And your name will be on the list that we send out. Yeah. Yeah, and and so I do always say, like guys say, well, should I be reaching out to teams? I'm like, 
hey, that doesn't hurt. Like there, there's been, I don't know how many guys who have found their own by utilizing the, uh, the, the database of clubs that we have because we have over 360 baseball clubs on the website. So there's no reason why you can't proactively reach out to teams yourself. Um, and maybe you get lucky. Maybe you'll just happen to catch one of those teams while they're still humming and hawing about when they're going to go get an import or start looking. And maybe you just kind of caught them, you know, right when they was in the stern in their head if they're going to get going on it. Um, so it's 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 really a matter of putting putting everything out there between us and and the player looking on their own. Um, and it really comes down to also like your background, right? Like it. The higher the level you've played, the better the statistics you have, the less you really need to do. You just kind of sit back and they'll come to you. But the further down that spectrum you are, um, then... The it is to be proactive and reach out to teams. Exactly. And proactive early. If you're proactive yeah. late, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack because if 90% of the teams have signed their imports and you're emailing all these teams or reaching out on social media, it's really, really difficult. Yeah. But if you get started early with it, like in their recruiting season, like if it's... Like, if it's a year, like right now for Australia or New Zealand. Exactly. Because there are a lot of the teams that are just now starting to search for their players. Yeah. Or they have started, but they haven't signed anyone yet. Yeah. And also it's 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 a sign that you're a go-getter, right? Like... Yeah. You know, if you if you contact them and you're professional and you're assertive and you're like, hey, this is what I got, you sell yourself. Um, mind you, we do get a lot of emails from guys that aren't very good at emailing. You know, like yeah, you guys need to realize that. I mean, there are like team. Some teams just get bombarded with emails yeah. all the time from players that are looking to play. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're not... You, if, want to keep it, you want to keep it pretty short. You want to be to the point. Send them a link to your profile, do something. Yeah. You don't want to take too much of their time. Yeah, I think if you're, if written communications isn't one of your strong points, then maybe don't be, maybe, you know, don't be writing teams. But uh, if, if you feel like you can articulate yourself in a sentence or two uh, with a link to your profile and, and just sell yourself, then that's the way to go about it. If you write yeah. them a novel, they're just going to delete it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is kind of the way it is. Um, and I did create, maybe, I don't know if it's online anymore. It's a number of years old, but I did create a thing on how to email teams, like a YouTube tutorial on like how to email teams. And um, So maybe that's something we can do again. But a lot of it's pretty pretty straightforward. You know, you don't, you don't, don't ask in the original email, how much do you pay? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, establish that hey i'm interested in your team maybe even do a little research on the team if you have the time say hey i know i was looking at your team online on your social media uh it looks like you got a good community there i'd like to be a part of it um here's what i have to offer here's a link to my profile uh i hope to hear from you i've seen i've seen emails where it's like it's like uh i want to play baseball for your team period (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> doesn't even introduce himself or anything like and that's that's no joke like that's a real because i get people think like because i coach the athletics i'll get emails because my name's still on their website as as the or was on the website as their as their coach the third important thing would be uh i don't know when a team does reach out to you to be nice and responsive and I mean, if someone reaches out to you saying, hey, we're interested in having you come out, like, can you tell, like, are you available, blah, 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 
You want to respond? Hey, thanks for reaching out. Uh, I really appreciate you, your interest in me. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about the offer? And I mean, you want to be friendly. And uh, I mean, you don't like. I've heard some guys just, oh, how much do you pay? Or like just a quick response like that. Like that doesn't help your chances because yeah. they usually send that initial email out to multiple players. And if yeah. you just respond like. Oh, like, what do you offer me? Like, what's in it for me? Or, whatever. Yeah. like, the team's not gonna probably follow up or maybe choose you. You still want to try to sell yourself yeah. and be nice and, yeah. And, and, and reply. Reply promptly. Like, so, like, <laughs> like, always reply. Some guys will, like, you know, the offer, but I'm already tired. Yeah, like, some like some guys just won't reply for, for some time. Like, because the clubs will follow up with us, like, oh, we haven't heard from them yet. And I'll be like, yeah. Okay, so then we'll follow up with the guy, and then they don't reply to us. And then two weeks later, like, oh, I didn't see this email. So, I mean, if you're looking to play overseas, how are they going to contact you? Usually it's by email. Uh, but yeah. the more contact info you include on your profile, the more opportunity that chances that someone's going to reach out to you, whether it's Instagram or whatever. Um, but check then. Check follow-up. Check your email. Check check your spam folder. Check, you know, just keep checking your messages. And then come back with a... a, a, a or reply like you said and then once you have signed still reply and say sorry I've signed thank you very much for your interest maybe in the future something like that because like sometimes clubs will reach out and we don't even know the guy signed yet and the clubs will be reaching out to them and then they just will, won't reply to them or they'll be in chatting with the club saying yeah I'm interested and then they'll be chatting with another club and then they'll sign with that other club and then they ghost the other club you know what I mean? Yeah, it's really not that hard to just be responsive, be responsive to these teams and just yeah. be quick. It doesn't have to be too long. It's like, yeah. hey, I'm already signed by right event to the offer, but maybe next another time. Yeah, because you're really just burning bridges right there. Really, like if yeah. you want to play more more than one season overseas, by doing that, you're burning bridges because they don't forget. They don't forget names and they get pet. they don't like that. <laughs> they get frustrated because I, you have to think of the other end, right? Like. I was I, I did it too. That's why I built the website because I was on the other end, just getting frustrated trying to find people, right? And yeah. and even with this website and this platform and all these guys, it still can be a very frustrating process from a recruiting standpoint. Number one, ninety nine percent of them are volunteers, so it, it can be a frustrating process. So all you gotta do is give them a quick email back, say sorry I signed, thanks, you know, yeah. minimally, right? Yeah. Cool, buddy. I think we I think we covered most of it. Just in quick review, how to put, put your best foot forward. It's all on the profile, right? Yeah. And, then if, and then best foot forward again, which we kind of touched on at the end here, is staying in contact with us. Yep, using our using us as a resource, hundred percent as much as possible. Um, um, be a genuine person, just through email and everything, and just follow up and be responsible. Uh, you can be proactive. All those things to get signed. Once you're signed, foot in the door, then it's about, all right, um, yeah, being an ambassador of the game is the easiest way to say it. You go overseas and just be an ambassador of the game, and it's just going to open more and more doors. And One other thing I want to add to that would be also utilizing the website and all the information that we have on there. I mean, we have so much information about... Uh, playing in Europe, playing in Australia, different players' perspectives of where they played, and there's so much content there that 
you can use before you play your first season overseas. Just read through that so you know what to expect. You know what you're going into. Yeah. Read about other people's experiences. And there, there's so much. Yeah. And on the blog, there's a search function and uh, a topic filter. So you, you can really narrow down what you're looking for. Uh, and, of yeah. course, we're also available when you have questions and we can send links to these articles and everything. So um, that's yeah. a whole other podcast episode, but in, in short, you want to do your research before you sign any contracts and everything. And, um, yeah. So that's kind of the in-between thing that we're not talking about here, which is a whole other episode. Um, but in short, really do your research where you're going, know what you're signing up for, um, and come to us for that contract checklist because it's good to have everything in the contract that should be there so expectations from both sides are all up front um, and there's no miscommunications um, yeah. but yeah once your foot's in the door and you give her and you, and you play well and you're a good guy and you're, you're a club guy uh, yeah the sky's the limit if you want to play overseas year round chasing summer for five years you can do it um, and we also have uh, you know we now have a career counselor that can help you do that you can get stuff done while overseas working online studying online um he can guide you on how to continue to prepare yourself for your post-playing career uh as well awesome Sweet. Good all right bud so we'll, we'll chat right. in probably three minutes about something but yeah. we can talk again sure. ciao buddy Hey guys, thanks for listening. And whether you're a member of the website or you're somebody that's considering taking your career overseas, feel free to reach out to us anytime. If you are currently not a member on the website and you want to get an idea of what your chances are overseas and where, you can email me directly at dburns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. That's B-U-R-N-S. And I'll get back to you shortly after with some feedback on which leagues and what your chances are if you enjoyed the podcast today we have a bunch of content uh 77 other podcast episodes but we also have a youtube channel under the handle uh international baseball community our instagram has a lot of awesome content on it uh on the handle at baseball jobs overseas same with our facebook page also at baseball jobs overseas so until next time May the baseball gods be with you.